0: Getting tickets online can be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is a way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for the price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. Every purchase on the SeatGeek app is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets, on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. I actually have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I found to shop for tickets. I actually just use SeatGeek to buy tickets to a concert that my wife wanted to go to. Really easy to use. Best of all, my listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app. And enter promo code USC today. That's promo code USC for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Hey,
1: Trojan fans. It's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, USCFootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham.
0: Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Tuesday. This is a special edition of the Peristyle Podcast for the first time ever. We are doing it live in studio, so it's kind of a combination tunnel vision Parastyle Podcast, but we're going to record it just like the regular podcast. It'll be up just like it normally is. So if you have any questions or comments for us, like I always say, podcast at uscfootball.com is our email address, or you can call 424-254-9141. We would love to hear from you. You can send us a text to that number as well. We're really looking forward to talking about all the breaking news going around the USC football. We didn't plan on this being a huge breaking news day. We we're going to try, oh, tuesday be fine. We normally would have Dan Weber on the show. It's only going to be Keeley and myself. Today, Dan got caught in transit and wasn't going to be able to make it out here with all the breaking news and stuff that was going on. So it's going to be a regular Parastyle podcast, but Tunnel Vision 2, we should be on Facebook and we should be on YouTube. I believe so. Ke- uh,
2: we're on Facebook. Don't think we're on YouTube right now. Not on YouTube? Okay. Working on it though.
0: All right. Well, that's okay. Uh, it's, it's all right. But So we are on Facebook. We're broadcasting this on Facebook Live. You can put your comments on Facebook Live and we'll try to get to them. As well, but as our because it's our regular Peristyle podcast show, we got a lot of questions that are already emailed in. We got voicemails that are already in. So we're gonna get to all those. And then any kind of questions you have on Facebook, we'll try to do that as well. But there's also breaking news, Keely. There's a little news. You want to hit the little news button? Down uh
2: there. yeah, sure.
0: Breaking news. <laughs> the purge at USC. Okay.
2: Pretty much.
0: So as you guys know, Neil Callaway was let go. Uh, about a month ago or so, so he's USC's offensive line coach, Tim Drevno, moved over, coaching offensive line and the running backs. But today, the purge happened. We knew there was going to be changes to staff because Lin Swan said that in his statement. We know there are changes in the staff uh, right now. So uh, T. Martin, USC's offensive line coach, who was demoted, uh, taking the, the play offensive co-
2: coordinator.
0: Did I say oh, I'm offensive line coach? <laughs> offensive coordinator. I've done a lot of radio already. This is great. That's a lot of talking. This, was a, this is an ambitious effort. So we do apologize if it's not going as smoothly as, as you would like. We're doing our best. Um, but yes, USC's offensive coordinator. He's no longer on the staff, which is interesting.
2: He's a recruiting powerhouse as well. An early signing period is quickly
0: approaching. Yes. So this was the mo- maybe the most curious move to me because I, I tweeted this out. According to our sources, uh, you know, we heard – T Martin was not going to be, well, he would have been okay sticking on the staff and being some other role. Uh, he wasn't a super fan of being the offensive coordinator calling the plays, but not really. It wasn't his offense. He didn't have control over that. So that's what we were told. He would have been cool staying on staff. His son is at Redondo Union High School. He plays baseball, he plays football, up and coming guy, uh, you know, going to be a hot prospect. Uh, you know, his other son's over at Clemson, but. Um, I felt that this was a real. There was a real good reason to keep T. Martin on this staff because it is a staff that about half of them don't recruit uh, at a full-time basis. They're kind of part-time recruiters. T. Martin more than carries his own weight, um, so he is out. And I don't know. We don't. We haven't got to hear from him yet. If it's a reduced, like if, if he was offered the reduced role and he didn't like it, or Clay Clay Hilton just wanted to to move on without him, whatever it is. Probably the most dynamic recruiter, a guy that's been involved in a lot of the dudes that are already committed right now. With all the was there five receivers or something committed? Yeah. T. Martin uh, out. Four. Four. Yeah. I mean that's there. <laughs> significant. You're doing a lot, Keely. I know. There's a lot happening. Significant uh, loss, I think, for the USC staff. Now there's a lot of people say, well, you know, I think you needed to bring in a an offensive coordinator that was going to bring in his own system. I don't have any question with that, but I really thought that T. Martin might survive this purge and stick around, but. He is not.
2: It seemed like T. Martin should be the guy, one of the guys you'd want to stick around if he was willing to take that role, the the smaller role, just because he's an institution. He's a guy who recruited so much and kind of was the glue guy as far as recruiting goes. Um, and he, when he had his full focus on USC's wide receivers, they did a great job. Yeah. And so that's someone that you would want to keep on your staff. I think it's really interesting that so far you have Brian Ellis left. T-Martin's gone, KU's gone, and Ronnie Bradford's gone. Yeah, And KU was the first one to come out and say it. And then T-Martin happened. And those are two guys that, if you listed to fans, okay, who do you want gone on the staff? Those were not the top guys. Right. So it's interesting how this is all coming out. Way to
0: go with the spoilers, Keely. We didn't oh, get to everybody. i I don't know if they know yet. <laughs> okay, well, so the first one that came out this morning yes, um, was Kenichi Udezi. Yes. So he was a... Former strength assistant strength coach on the staff, and Clay Hilton promoted him uh 2015 when uh, the bowl purge, you know, the the, po- the pre uh, Holiday Bowl purge happened. That's the last time anything like this happened at USC. Yeah. Where Justin Wilcox and Peter Sermon and um, uh, uh, Wilson, uh, what's it? Justin Wilcox? Just, no, Wilcox, but uh, Wilson, the, uh, I'm, I'm oh, blanking on his first uh, name. Uh, Johnny Wilson? No, it wasn't Johnny Wilson. Man, <laughs> Tommy. I. Tommy. No, no, that was the running. I'm, I'm like blasting. Like, <laughs> there's a
2: lot happening right now. Yeah. I know we keep saying that, but there was really great.
0: is. Uh, but Caleb Wilson's dad. Um oh, it, yeah. So no, it was. Uh, J- is it James Wilson? Uh, I can't. David? Man. No. No, man, I'm. It's <laughs> totally killing me. Which I, I like the guy. We talked a bunch. Um, so they he those guys were purged, and Kenichi Daisy got promoted because they needed to get more coaches on the staff to play. In Chris. The Chris Wilson. Yes. Yeah, sorry, Chris. My apologies. We we loved him. I loved talking to that guy. Um. So. They, he was promoted and he ended up being the permanent defensive line coach. And I thought, you know, in a staff that has a lot of inexperienced people, he actually was doing a pretty good job. You know, uh, he played that position. So I, it made that one of the, all the experienced inexperienced coaches that Clay Helton signed. That one made probably the most sense. Um, but you know, he's not going to be there too. Also, I dynamic recruiter Keely.
2: Yeah. Um, I also think it's interesting, KU, sounded he wrote his letter to his players, essentially, on Twitter, which was kind of sad. He said, I couldn't be more happy with the growth you guys have had and couldn't be more excited with what is on the horizon in your careers. Unfortunately, I will not be here to see it. Yeah. And so that's kind of sad.
0: It's Yeah. I mean, and these guys were all out recruiting. Uh, There's pictures of of those guys out yesterday. Uh, We had heard that, you know, guys were getting to planes and stuff. And I, I talked to a former... Uh, support staff member too. And he says, that's how this stuff happens. Cause we were anticipating this. And I asked him like, well, what happens? Like, cause the sports staff, support staff people go out and they're making people's itineraries and they're figuring things out. And I talked to a guy, you know, and back in uh, 2015, like you're trying to send a guy out on a plane and he'll come out of a meeting and go, um, Nope, uh, I'm fired. So it's just not, not ideal. So that's basically what was happening, uh, here. Uh, the other one that came out, uh, Ronnie Bradford, yes, um, the defensive back coach for USC, not a dynamic recruiter, someone that doesn't really get involved all that much until later on. Now he started getting involved now, when the season is over, but he'd never been someone. he's more of an NFL mind, you know, similar to Clancy Pendergast, their their buds, um, wasn't a dynamic recruiter, wasn't a someone that was just hitting the pavement and texting guys all the time and all that stuff. That just wasn't his demo. Uh, he is also out as well, and that's that's someone I think a lot of the fans, you know, weren't uh, they weren't heartbroken over that
2: one. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, to your point about um, we haven't seen this since uh, before the Holiday Bowl. That was th- when Clay Helton made those moves. It wasn't his guys. You know, this is the first time we're yeah. seeing Clay Helton make a mass firing of his guys, and it makes you wonder. Okay, where where is this coming from? Is this Clay Helton? feeling the fire is he feeling okay now I got to do this is it too little too late or is this Lynn Swan forcing his hand yeah and if you're gonna make a wholesale fire why are you keeping it just it, it, a lot of fires it makes you wonder why they decided to keep Clay Hilton I know I'm going to big picture right now but if you're gonna That's fire everyone picture. below him at that point
0: yeah well when that statement know. came out um, what was the statement it was like you have to change scheme and <laughs> personnel and uh, look it up, staff and culture and discipline. I think I got them all five. So, um, if you got to change all of those, like, why are you not changing the head coach? You know,
2: we acknowledge and understand our deficiencies in areas that include culture, discipline, schemes, personnel, and staff.
0: Yeah. I think I got them all. I think <laughs> yeah. I got the five. Well done. The five factor. I don't know what else there is. Um, okay. So, and we talked about this too. Well, well, we'll finish with the purge, but this is the initial purge at USC because they released. Uh, those names, and also that Brian Ellis, uh, the quarterback coach, uh, he's moving on to Western Kentucky. He's yeah. going to be the offensive coordinator there for Tyson Helton. A lot of USC fans were worried that Tyson Helton would return, or Brian Ellis would be promoted to offensive coordinator. That's a good sign that neither of those things happened. I think they both landed in great spots. They're back at Western Kentucky. Tyson was gr- always great to talk to. You know, Congratulations to him. Congratus- congratulations to Brian Ellis. He's, yeah. he's essentially been an assistant coach full-time for two years, one year as a wide receiver coach, one year as a quarterback coach, and he's an offensive coordinator at a a place like Western Kentucky. That's a, you know, it's a, it's a pretty big program, you know? So congratulations to both those guys, but USC fans were worried that that was going to happen. They were just going to get promoted. How much of this is Lynn Swan? Like you're not getting these familiar guys anymore. You got to go out and get a big name reports are Cliff Kingsbury, the former Texas tech coach and uh, Oklahoma assistant was, Uh, on campus. Uh, We don't know what's going on there, but that would be a huge move, a huge sign if they're going to go after something like that. And we don't know how much is Lynn Swan. We've not seen Clay Helton go out of his comfort zone as far as hires go. Yeah. Was it his idea? Like, Hey, I'm going to be fired unless I go out of my comfort zone, which would make sense. You know, like if your backs against the wall, you kind of felt like it was after the PAC 12 championship game, you could make some excuses up. Well, we won the PAC 12 and then kind of hope that, the Staff that you have is going to work, knowing in the back of your mind it's probably not good enough. Yeah. Um, and then you know, so within you know, Lin Swan, Clayhill, whatever it was, this is at least the initial purge. And your point of um, you would there's some other people you think that the axe would fall on. I'm not, I'm not, I think they might be done for today. I don't know if they're done for the long term. There might be next week, there might be tomorrow, there might be post. Signing day, like we don't know if anything else is coming, but I kind of feel there's more that's going to have to come.
2: Well, okay, let's get to that first. But we have a lot of people wondering Clancy Pendergast, there are multiple reports that he's he got fired. Uh, we had not heard that. Uh, USC spokesperson came out and said Clancy Pendergast is still their uh defensive coordinator. So, as we know right now, Clancy is still on the staff. Um, but as far as your point about
0: well, I talked to a good source too that, like, that's that was the plan. They're keeping Clancy Pendergast unless something's changing. So there was a couple erroneous reports out there, and we had no. We had heard that too. We just didn't report it because one person told you. So there. It's not like it wasn't being said, but we couldn't confirm that. And then I got confirmation from a really good source uh, close to Clancy. It was like, nope, he's he's staying. Yeah. So um, USC's defensive coordinator will stick around. His buddy, Ronnie Bradford. Uh, is gone him and Kenichi Desi didn't really get along all that well uh, so maybe that's maybe it's not if you're going to keep Clancy you probably had to get rid of one of the two at least um, I guess so yeah but and then Johnny Nansen on the defensive side of the ball he's uh, at least right now he's sticking around yep um, so he's coaching uh, linebackers and stuff and he's the recruiting coordinator as well
2: yeah and, and Nansen has been alongside T in recruiting being a huge recruiting He's been a, yeah. powerhouse, and if you're going to get rid of T, you at least got to keep Nansen. It, I, the, that's what you would think, right?
0: Yeah. Um, the Polynesian Pipeline that Johnny Nansen can <laughs> yep. bring you. Yeah.
2: And as far as timing goes, so you you think this could go? I think it could keep multiple going. Multiple ways. Now, does it look disorganized if you are literally having recruits posting pictures on social media a day with guys a day before that you fire the next day?
0: Yeah, and I don't know what you can to really do about that. Cause I talked to my buddy that was a, you know, a former uh, support staff member and that kind of stuff happens. Like you just don't know, you got to recruit, recruit m- and not knowing. And it's almost one of those things where you just don't want to be called in the office. You don't want to get that phone call uh, because you know, the pink slip is coming. Um, it's uh this is a, you know, it's a, a strange morning. I, it happened to, you know, I'm not going to be super critical of the way it all happened. I mean, that you, you got to recruit. And then if you don't know, you don't know if, if Clay yep. Helton didn't know, yesterday and you're letting guys recruit if you know and you don't send them out on recruiting it's like you kind of just have to tell them as soon as you know um and you know maybe something like that happens but the the t martin thing is going to be it's the biggest thing so far yeah because my understanding i mean he loves being in los angeles if you got to stay in los angeles where could you go you could go to ucla now he could end up back at tennessee um, but I think he would prefer to stay in LA, at least for now. His kid, you know, just started his freshman year or, you know, freshman year of uh, high school or finished his freshman year of high school. Um, and Jeremy Pruitt there is sort of a prickly guy. I haven't heard uh, you know, Tyson Helton only lasted one year there. Mm-hmm. Uh he might have been fired anyway. But um there are, you know, there's there are reports coming out of Tennessee. My wife is a big Tennessee grad where you kind of hear this stuff that he's not the easiest guy to work for. And you know, he's a Sabin guy, like that would to- completely make sense would T want to go there now or go there maybe in a few years if they have another coaching turnover or something who knows yeah but you could you see him at UCLA Would Chip Kelly who's not the most dynamic recruiter in the world bring in a T Martin and that that would be devastating to oh, USC's recruiting class
2: without a doubt you can't let that happen you know i they already fired him so i guess they can't I mean, really they you, can't dictate that you but <laughs> i mean if money talks, if they give given a lot of money,
0: if I'm Chip Kelly, that's the first call I oh, make, oh,
2: without a doubt, yeah, because T already has all these connections with with all these different high school coaches, players. That you're bringing in a huge powerhouse, yeah, right there. It's the easiest move you can make.
0: It's uh, it's crazy. So I don't know if that would uh, you know, that would really happen or whatever, but it could. Um, so but so we so we know those so there's basically five members of the staff that were here in October are now gone um i my guess is not gonna, you're not going to hear anymore today like usc released their really? statement okay so i thought it was
2: a little odd that usc released a statement right now right
0: like would you do it if it's not you know if you got more coming are you going to release another statement like maybe maybe there's some more um but it might be if you wait does it or you wait until after Signing day? Or are you trying to bring in, uh, you know, a big name offensive coordinator? That's the thing. Like you knew there was going to be some purging, but who are you going to hire? Uh, we haven't seen a great track record. I mean, USC in general, just, the the school is not very good at hiring people um, based on resumes and stuff. Do they go out and get an established offensive coordinator who has his own system, who learned it from a guru or developed it himself? And he's going to come in and run his own thing. And Clay Hilton's not going to be involved in the play calling or designing the offense or anything. Or do you bring in someone that's uh, you know, kind of a medium strength that can come in and, and run USC's system? I think there's a, a huge difference. And if if USC does the former, um, I think that it bodes well for their chances to win next year. If they do the latter, it's just rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. So that's, it's a big move here. The offensive coordinator is a big one. I just felt they could do it but keep T. Martin.
2: Yeah, I would agree. The t- the questions I have now are how much will Clay have the ability to get who he wants? If he wants the best, does he have the right money to do that? Will they open up the purse strings to let him do that? And two, what are Lynn Swan's expectations going forward? Because if you're putting together essentially a new staff for a new season, could Clay Helton if, if it somehow goes wrong next season, could Clay Helton come back to Lynn and be like, "Hey, I did this, give me another year." Like we have to gel, you know, or yeah. is it a short lease? Like, like you have to come in, have your new staff gel and win games or else. Cause that's a hard environment to work in no matter what, you know,
0: I don't see any other choice. And, but you know, you didn't fire him after a five and seven season when the PAC 12 was down there. This roster had no business losing seven games. We said that a million times. Yeah. So if you didn't fire him after this year, I don't know. I mean, you, you can't think you talk about the Steelers and the long-term mentality and stuff just because you can't throw bad, you know, good money after bad at some point. You're like, you just have to cut your losses at some point. And it looked like this was the right time. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, Linzwan did not want to do that. I just don't see this happening. And how much financial support does he have? We've heard there's been some issues uh, with that. But if you're going to make some big changes, and so far, I mean, the biggest thing is, you know, really T. Martin, there hasn't been, he was already demoted, so he wasn't calling plays anymore. So it's not like, Clancy Pendergast would have been a big, you know, pretty big move. Uh, and it looks like he's sticking around. So, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, John Baxter, you know, a, a special teams coordinator who's, you know, high paid, who's been around a long time. Uh, there's been a lot of special teams problems. They, I think they played better in the second part of the year. But to have only 10 guys on the field, like in half of your games, that's probably, you know, for a play, that's probably not so good. I mean, that would be a, a bigger move too. Neil Calloway was a big move because that was someone that's super close uh, to Clay Helton. And if he would have got rid of Brian Ellis, that would have been a big move too. Um, but, you know, he ended up leaving for another job. So we haven't seen like the purgy big, like, whoa, that's a that's a pretty big one outside of uh, T. Martin, I'd say.
2: Yeah, I. but I think we're still in waiting right now. There's still a lot of pieces right. to, to fall. So I don't know.
0: Today, you think? or?
2: If they're going to do it, I would just rather than, I don't know if it's a personal standpoint, but just get it all over with. Yeah. Just go.
0: Just rip the band-aid off. Yeah, and, because you know. then
2: you're sending mixed signals, I think.
0: Yeah. Because well, otherwise
2: you don't look like you have it all together.
0: When have they looked like they've okay. had it all together? I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, right? <laughs> this is not, I mean, if if you take anything away from this, just watching how this has gone down, watching reading Lin Swan's statement and the condescending tone and the let me be clear, and if we only change these five fundamental things, we're gonna be fine and all this stuff. This is not a well-run organization. It's not. It's not the athletic department is not well run. There's no doubt about it in my mind. Now, it could still work, but when you hire people that were unqualified for the jobs you're you're paying them to do, this is going to happen. Now, sometimes you get a guy, a diamond in the rough, and maybe Liz Swan would have been the greatest athletic director ever, but he had nothing in his background managing people, hiring, firing, uh, and you know, as far as the, the as far as speaking with the public, it's just not been very positive. He doesn't come to the media and talk to us. He makes statements and declarations, but he doesn't get questions answered to him. He's just kind of protected himself. That's not really what you want you want from your athletic director. So to see how this is and to have three football players in a row as your athletic director, there's no question that this isn't a well-run organization. They need someone to come in and fix things. And and you know, you're not gonna get that right now. Uh, and with Clay Helton, you know, he's an inexperienced uh Uh, you know head coach and that's we've seen a lot of that we've seen reluctance to change we've seen uh loyalty to a fault and not making these are staff changes that should have been made last year yes like no question about it and he waited and you basically got a throwaway season because of it you threw the season away like poof utah losing their quarterback and running back the two most dynamic playmakers on the team won the south for the first time ever there's no reason – I mean, their, their roster doesn't even compare to USC. This was a throwaway season. You could have coasted to win the Pac-12 South this year and couldn't even do that. So that's a problem.
2: It was basically a season that was a result of the stubbornness of the staff. Yeah. You know, like if you had been – and this is, I've been saying this from the beginning. If you are realistic, if this staff turns around and is realistic about their weaknesses – then I think USC fans can be hopeful going forward, but we haven't seen that. You no. know, after you get manhandled at the Cotton Bowl on the offensive line, on the defensive line, if you look at that and, and realistically say, okay, we probably need a new offensive line coach and do that in the off season, before having to fire Neil Calloway before Oregon State. Right. And having Tim Dravno, who's kind of a running backs coach, but really he's the offensive line coach in waiting. You know, you, having a weird situation like that.
0: To have Aka Cedric Ware was wasted his senior year. He did well, but you could he had Dylan McCullough last year, and then you basically got him an offensive line coach to be his running backs coach. Like that's a that's a throwaway. Like you just wasted his senior year, and he played well. So that's those are mistakes. And you know maybe if Clayon's the head coach five years from now here or somewhere else. Then you don't make those mistakes again. But there's this, there's something there where he's sticking to initial decisions. And when you're a young head coach, inexperienced head coach, it's okay to make a a mistake. You hire someone, you're like, man, that's like, you just want Clayton to say, wow, yeah, my my thought was bring in this guy and it's gonna be great. He was terrible. You don't have to say that. In <laughs> but in your mind, like, yeah, that was that was bad. Not double down on these bad decisions. Like I made a decision. I'm going to stick with it. Like, we saw Lynn Swan do that. I made a decision. I signed up to an extension. It was horrible. It didn't work out, but I'm going to stick with it. And, you know, that's that's the loyalty to a fault thing.
2: Yeah. And, and I think I've said this before is if you are honest with changing your mind changing your opinion and and what didn't work i think people would give you more leeway but this stubbornness and this favoritism i don't think it it plays over well because then you're putting all your eggs in one basket i yeah. mean he decided to take over his play caller you know how did that really work out you know
0: they won one game out of four so it didn't really work out and uh yeah and, and, you know like a toa lobandon or whoever you know you got guys that were they weren't going to lose their job, you know, even a JT Daniels, um, which I, I don't think he should have lost a job. I know a lot of fans do, but it didn't, I mean, for him to come out and say, you yeah, know, now we don't have to have a competition next year. We'll just, you know, prepare him. Um, that didn't sit over well with the fans. If, if Jack Sears still around, like, Hey, I want to try to get this job back. I played well when I came in and that makes sense to me, you know, but it's, it's been really handled uh, poorly. It just doesn't look like a well-run organization. But having said all that, I think Clay Hilton can, can easily turn it around, and it's yep. and probably fans aren't going to like it because USC just has all these advantages. If you just get it somewhat right, he got it somewhat right. It wasn't perfect, 2016, 2017, and you won the Rose Bowl and you won the Pac-12 championship by not being great, but just being fine. This year they were they were a dumpster fire. So yes, you went five and seven. He brings in a good offensive coordinator, fixes some things. They change practice a little bit. They can they can win the South again easy. They can win the Pac-12 again easy but still maybe not be where a lot of fans want to be. They they'll still get blown out by Notre Dame and still, so they can be better by this, you know, by next year um, if he makes some some of the right changes. So we'll see. I, I know fans yeah. don't want to hear that, but that's, yeah,
2: well, I mean, I think that's why the reports of guys like Cliff Kingsbury coming is so tantalizing to fans. Cause it's like, if there is a real offensive scheme or a better offensive scheme going forward, who knows what the talent USC has, what can happen? You know, it's kind of just putting the right driver in the driver's seat and, It'll do a lot of the the talent will do a lot of the work for you. You know,
0: that's, that's the thing that comes up all the time. Even like when Chip Kelly was around, like, could you imagine Chip Kelly's offense with good players? And that's, that's what you're saying with Cliff Kingsbury, you know, like it's, you're going to have USC's talent and a lot of wide receivers and all that stuff. And you can get a a mind like that. If you let him just do his thing and come in and say, Here's the playbook. Rip. That's gone. We're doing, you know, you're not You're not bringing him in to run whatever you created as a playbook. You're bringing him in to run his deal. Yeah. And so, yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, so USC has already updated its coaching page website. Okay. Um. So the only coaches left on the coaching page is Clay Helton, Clancy Pendergast, John Baxter, Johnny Nansen, and Tim Drevno.
0: So and,
2: that- and Kerry Colbert. Okay.
0: Colbert's on there. All right. Um, yes. According we weren't sure about that to the roster. We saw those guys all recruiting and stuff. So we'll see. I, I, I feel there's going to be more, uh, and maybe it's later today. Maybe it's going to come in like spurts. Uh, but I think we've, we've kind of lulled a little bit. How, so how's our Facebook feed doing? Are we doing all our right? Our
2: Facebook feed is good. We have 273 people right That's now. That's
0: awesome. Thank you guys. We had some, I know some issues with that. I don't know why the the YouTube one didn't work. Uh, but we got to go on a Facebook, which is good. That was the one we really wanted to to get working and we're recording like the regular peristyle podcast and uh thank you for listening to it live so we should probably you want to jump into some of the questions sure. and stuff Let's or, do uh, that.
2: of course these questions are for dan but you're the fake dan i'm today. gonna be
0: fake dan today and these will go a little faster dan you know can he can uh he could spin a yarn a little bit so i'll try to go through these quick because i know we have a lot of them and then we'll try to get to some facebook uh questions as well so don't don't put your facebook questions up yet because uh, keely it's, it's really hard to monitor as they're coming. i'm trying
2: through. to there's a lot if, yeah if you're listening to this on the podcast and it sounds a little disjointed, it's because it kind of is. We're doing, yeah. this We're is doing It's a whole new thing. Yes. Okay, so we have a question um, from Mark who says, during your post-game analysis, you stated that according to 247 Sports, USC has top four talent in the country. Do you believe this is true for the offensive line?
0: Uh, yeah, no, I think, so they, they have guys on the offensive line, I think about 15 deep. Um, yes, I believe that they are talented. They recruited guys that, Player, you know, places like Alabama or Michigan or whatever, they, they wanted them. They were recruiting those same guys as well. I don't think they've been developed anywhere near where they need to be. Um, you look at a guy like Austin Jackson, he looks good to me. I mean, Chuma Adoga looks like he should be able to have an NFL uh, career and stuff. So I do feel like there's enough talent there. Um, I don't feel like every one of those guys is a four- or five-star bust. Um, but I do feel they haven't been developed that well. And that's, you know, that's going to come down to the coaching side.
2: And the bigger, bigger question is, will they get playing time? I mean, Brett Nealon and, and Justin Dietrich were the top centers in their class. Right. But they were on the bench. Yeah, they you know?
0: didn't they didn't ever play. Um, but they were, you know, they weren't ranked the top centers for nothing. Now, recruiting rankings, we're just going to say, they don't mean everything. But they mean something. I mean, you look at the reason USC is a top four talent as far as the 247 talent composite ranking goes. Yeah, you could say okay, some of those guys are overrated. That's fine, but just look at the class that they're up next to: Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Those teams—they—they they have the players that you know are ranked similar to USC's players. Yet they're very good. Uh, USC is not very good, so maybe there's some guys that are a little bit overrated. But it's not across the board. You can't say oh they're all they're all overrated. They're they're right up there with those schools, and those schools are in the top. Whatever, five in the country, and USC is five and seven.
2: Agreed. Yeah. Steven San Diego says, Do you believe that Lynn Swan retained retained Coach Helton to cover up a horrid extension deal that he made last season? If Clay actually had a $15 million buyout, in Lynn's mind, does a $10 million buyout sound better than a $15 million buyout even after another disastrous year on the field what top top top-notch coaching talent is going to come to sc for a year 2019 is another wasted season for sc football if i were the students i would protest in a classy way at heritage hall to force swan to resign to avoid another disaster so that's steve in san diego that's
0: a lot of stuff there steve but just as far as the bio goes we we heard it wasn't that hard that high but we heard a lot of stuff um it's this really seemed like lynn swan wanted to keep Clay Helton and he wasn't that's what his decision kind of made before. And then it didn't really matter what results happened on the field cuz it couldn't have been any worse, right? It, the, the season could have ended. You lost five of your last six games. He made the decision. He wanted to keep him despite whatever would happen. He didn't care what was going to happen. Um, I think he did make a mistake and that's you got a rookie athletic director, you're going to do that. You have rookie athletic director dealing with Jimmy Sexton, super agent. Who's going to win? Jimmy Sexton and I think he raked them over the Coles. Um, so yeah, would you like to assign a guy to an extension in February and then fire him uh, in November? Probably not. I think that has something to do with it. But a lot of the other stuff too, around the university with the board of trustees having a lot of other things they got to deal with, not a permanent president. Um, but I think that the the results were bad enough that it got the board of trustees attention who didn't really want to deal with it. It was okay. It, it was bad though. So it was sort of now on their list of things to deal with. And uh, Lin Swan was like, nope, we're gonna we're going to go in this direction and- uh, obviously, the fans were were pretty outraged about it.
2: Eric in Duck Country says Lynn Swan talks about stability. Seeing the state of the team, the department, and the fan base, isn't Clay Helton causing instability?
0: Yeah, no. I mean, there's there's nothing. You, stability meaning like you're not going to hire and fire someone, and that's a that's a big job. That's a big job for an athletic director. I said it a million times, it's not an ideal time to do that. Uh, but it's easier if you're the athletic director to stay. Uh, With what you got, because you're gonna have to go out there and try to find somebody and be criticized again. I think he's just like Pat Hayden. He's a guy that's really never been told no his entire life. And the trust me, I talk to people in the athletic department. They're hearing it from everybody. I mean, it's pressure. There are real people, real donors, not doing like not uh, giving money anymore, not renewing season tickets people saying i'm not coming to the games it's not just the high level guys the low level people or whether they the quote unquote hundred dollar donors all that stuff all of that's going on um it's real it's something that they're gonna have to deal with and a lot of it you feel like they're gonna say hey there's a lot of emotion going on right now but i feel it's it's long term i feel that there's some longevity here keely so um it's it's a real problem that they're gonna have to deal with they've made this bed and they're gonna lie into it you know lie in it and Uh, we'll see. It doesn't, it's not a really good look for USC right now. And, um, but we'll see there's, there's fans are just like, you know, I'm over it. I'm done. Um, I just want, I'm done with the program, but other ones are like, Hey, you know, yes, I've not agreed with all these decisions, but I'm still a fan. I want to just move forward. Uh, but it's, you can't, it's hard for us to just move forward right now because there's just so much outrage and so many things just keep happening. Uh, it's just, you kind of, it's, it's going to be on the forefront for a while now.
2: Yeah. Um, in that sense, we have a lot of Facebook questions wondering if you think the number one issue that needs to be addressed is the st- uh, strength and conditioning program.
0: See, I, we talked about this before. Um, I mean, I'm no strength and conditioning expert. I did go to the gym this morning. I, th- I thought it was going to be like a nice, mellow day. I had my pl- I had a whole day planned of doing radio interviews, doing this, went to the gym, and then it just get back and it was like insane. Um, I think if you're going to make a lot of changes, it probably makes sense to do that. I'm not you know, I don't claim to think that Ivan Lewis is amazing or terrible. I I don't know. Like, it's just hard for, I'm not some expert that can go in there and and tell you why, what they're doing as far as workouts go. But usually when you do some kind of purge like this and they, they mentioned Notre Dame, like you get rid of the strength and conditioning coach too. You want to change the culture like that? He's someone that his staff is someone that's around the players the most, more than anybody. If you're trying to change the culture, you probably need to change uh, that. You want to do some voicemails, too? Or?
2: Sure, let's go to a voicemail.
0: Sorry. Yes, this is Richard from uh, Palm Springs.
3: I was at the game yesterday. thought I would comment after the game, and then I decided, no, I'm going to wait till today, and maybe Lib Swan will come out with something. And sure enough, <laughs> to the surprise of nobody, Clay is coming back. The statement that uh, Swan put out to the fan base of season ticket owners and everybody else is ridiculous to compare it to what Notre Dame had two years ago. I guess we're supposed to believe that in two years, SC is going to be 12-0 and and one of the four teams playing for the national championship. We all know that it's happening. And the wording in those statements to the fans was arrogance personified. It was all mouthpieces and no substance to it. And the Trojan sword that that band leader comes out and stabs in the ground every time the game starts. Swine just did that to the entire fan base. He just put a sword in everybody. This is the reason that a lot of people are not coming back, and I am included. I would love to hear your comments, and I'm sure I'm not alone. Fight on! Thanks again. Bye.
0: Richard. Yeah. No, I feel it was an arrogant statement too. The more I read it, and the more like, let me be clear. And it was similar to the radio announcement where it's like he's just telling you as a fan why you shouldn't be feeling the way you're feeling. He's saying. Did you know there were sanctions? They won the Rose Bowl two years ago. It's like, yes, fans know that already. So it's the tone deaf Like he just doesn't, he's not addressing it in the right way to say some fans liked it. will like it. Some fans won't. It's like that. You don't know what the definition of some is like 95% of fans don't like it. You got to come out in a different way. That statement was more like USC is 10 and two and we're going to make some changes. Like that's not the case. Like it's way worse than that. So I, I agree, Richard tone deaf. Arrogant statement from Lynn Swan. I did not like it at all. Um, is that too harsh, Keely?
2: No, I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, she's trying she tries to reels me in when I try to
2: reel him in when he gets a little heated.
0: That was a little heated. But for for the Notre Dame comparison, too, I think that's bogus. Like when you're talking about Brian Kelly, he was the head coach for 14 years by the time they did this. He had already been to a national championship game. He did amazing things at Cincinnati. Like he has a track record that would make you believe, okay maybe you got down the wrong path. We're going to let you change some assistants. You don't have that track record with Clay Helton. You shouldn't be given that benefit of the doubt to make the, the changes like that. So the comparison between what Notre Dame did and what USC is sort of doing and Notre Dame got rid of both coordinators, by the way, and the strength coach, I believe, I think it was a strength coach too. Um, we haven't seen that yet from USC. So I don't know. And we don't know who they're replacing them with. He, they went out and got some really good uh, national guys. So the comparison doesn't make a lot of sense uh, for me.
2: It's weird to me. I thought it would be something that you kind of mention offhand, but some not something you write in an official statement when the coach is coming back. Like, why are you going to reference your rival and what they did after they just beat you on their way to the college football playoff? Like, yeah. and then you're putting yourself in such tight parameters of okay, this is what Notre Dame did. We want to do that. Thus, we will be back to greatness really soon. Like, yeah. And granted, that's what you want if you're a USC fan, but it's just I think you could say it more vaguely rather than we're taking the Notre Dame method. And right. also that was something that Clay Hilton said.
0: He mentioned s- multiple times.
2: After the Cal game, which was... How many games were left in the season? Two more. Yeah. And I told Dan, I was like, if you're USC, if you're a coach at USC and assistant coach or whatnot, are you starting to look elsewhere? Because Clay Hilton essentially just put your job on right. notice. Like Clay always mentioned the results of what happened at Notre Dame. He didn't mention what they did to get there. Right. So I just thought it was interesting. Yeah.
0: Don't yeah, I don't I don't like that comparison at all. Um so yeah. All right. Um what else we got?
2: Let's see. We have a text from an anonymous person that says, uh, who in your opinion would you want to retain from the staff? He, whoever this is, or she, says that Drevno, Nansen, and KU are keepers. KU's already gone. Yeah. Who left from the staff would you keep?
0: (sighs) I mean, that's hard to say. It's like these are people's livelihoods. Yes, and and their stuff. Jobs. You know, it's like their jobs. Um,
2: I would hate if someone did it for us. That's <laughs>
0: right. Keely, uh, Ryan, Keely, you should stay. Ryan, you need to go.
2: Ryan's a keeper. Keely, um, I don't
0: know. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, that yeah, that's really a tough one. I think there's going to be more, though. Um, and I think if you're not changing both coordinators, it's hard to. And if you're not changing both coordinators and your special teams coordinator and your strength coach, I don't think you can do everything. That Lin Swan said in his statement. Like you're not if you're not changing those positions, which are key ones, new special teams, new offense, new defense, different strength coach, you're not changing the culture and the staff and the discipline. Like I kind of think you need to do all those um to yeah. do that. You know what I mean?
2: I well, I think it would be a swing and a miss if you don't go further. Yes. You know, if you want a complete culture change, I mean KU, his position group, they were the only guys during summer player run practices that had their own script that coached themselves and looked together and had, and had like a drive to, to practice. And it's like, that's the guy, the first guy who's going to announce that he's gone, you know, yeah not the greatest look. If you're trying to have a culture change of toughness and commitment, which Cam Smith said on his way out, that's what is lacking. You know, if you're, if you're going to, if you're going to start from scratch, start from scratch. Right. But I don't know if it's going to be a halfway type of thing
0: for T and KU to be gone. More people got to be gone. Yes. Like, that's that, yeah. that's the easiest way to put it.
2: Yes, I would agree. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm trying to read through these questions. People right. send us in a ton of paragraphs.
0: Oh yeah, you can do. There's Let's actually of voice do ma- voice yeah, yeah. yeah, that You can like catch up a little of the voice
1: Hey guys, how you doing? This is Don from New York. I'm gonna make this quick. This is for Dan Weber. I don't want to get uh, knocked off. I'm making my message too long, so I apologize. Uh, get into it quick. Hey, listen, man. This is totally coaching. Everyone knows that, but I think this all started from the beginning. It's all started with preparation and how these guys are. The fact that they don't practice hard, they don't hit hard in practice, is the reason why you see the breakdowns in, as far as injuries go, because these guys don't build up body armor to be prepared to play and give yourselves 10 or 12 weeks of hard football. So that's why these things happen. Then you see just the discipline. You know, a lot of guys, a lot of five stars getting kicked off the team. That just says a breakdown. Then it's also the breakdown of them not being able to finish games. Not appearing well after the second half comes. That's a breakdown. I just, I just think that they need new leadership. It's not up to Cam Smith to be the leader of this team. That's not fair to him. He's too busy trying to be a leader on the field. He can't be, he can't be the coach and the player. So I just think it has to be, has to come from the top. And we got to do a clean shot, people. You guys do a great show. um so sad it's ending like this, but you know, you always got to be, you know, you got to stay committed though. You got to stay committed to the process. All right, fight on from the East Coast, guys. Thanks. Bye.
0: Thanks, Don. Appreciate the voicemail. And uh, yeah, I think that's part of the the overall culture change you're talking about, needing to do practices differently. Um, there's been such a reluctance to even switch it up a little bit. I mean, I, I mean, you could even make them softer. I don't care. Just do something a little bit different, and they haven't done that. Um, so we'll see if Lin Swan is going to make that part of his mandate of, of things to, to sort of change. But yeah, there's been a lot of people that were off this team too. And maybe that's more of a dedication to, hey, we need more support people to help these guys when they're not at practice or when they're not with the strength coaches. Uh, Help them out, make sure they go to class. Help them out, make sure they're not getting in trouble off the field. You can't watch 100 guys 24-7, but they don't have a big support staff there and other programs do. You add more bodies there, like that's a financial, um, you know, it's a financial dedication. You're, You're pledging to help these players uh, by putting more support staff around that can help them out. It's a bare bones operation right now. And I think if you do that, you're dedicated to that Don and uh, you're helping out. So it's not, yeah, you get a new offensive coordinator or whatever, but if you're still doing the kind of penny pitching stuff behind the scenes that we hear about, that's not going to help these guys. Cause you don't want to be losing this many dudes uh, to off field incidents and things like that.
2: Why do you think USC is penny pitching in that sense? I mean, it makes you question what they really want out of USC football, right?
0: Right. And I got a great answer for you this, Keely. It's a great question. We didn't even tee this up. And I talked to some people that were in the program who were telling me that it's a penny-pinching thing inside the athletic department. And I gave them a story uh, about Chris Carlisle back in the day when he was the off- when he was the uh, strength and conditioning coach. This was before the, before the uh, John McKay Center. I mean, I'm literally watching Reggie Bush do push-ups like – you know, five feet away from me in this little broom closet that is Chris Carlisle's office. I mean, these are you know, this is a guy that just won a national championship. He's in a, you know, a space smaller than what you're standing around me with some pictures and stuff. There was like nothing in there, and it was a terrible weight room. It was all they had the worst facilities in the top fifty of the the program in the country. No problem. And I'd asked them like, hey, well, what are you telling? They're like, well, you know, we came in, we're like, hey, we need better stuff, and they're like, we'll go win a, a Pac-12 championship, and then they did, and it's like, okay. Uh, we need better stuff. Well, why don't you go win a national championship? And then they did. And then they said, okay, now can we get new stuff? And they like, yeah, you already won. Like, you probably obviously don't need it. And I think for USC, the same thing is happening. Like, you're, they're getting by. Because USC has all these advantages, you don't need to spend as much money on all of this stuff. Now, they've done some things, and they've, they've improved facilities and things like that. But there's this, I don't know if it's arrogance, but it's, there's something there where it's like, yeah, we're USC, so you don't need to do all those things. And... You the requests are like you're doing fine. You got top five recruiting classes. Why do you need more support people? And there's those kind of things because you're justifying the results you're already getting. But then you fall behind. You're like, well, it would have been nice to have more, you know, support and stuff. And maybe you don't lose an Achilles Ross or maybe you don't lose a Bubba Bowler or whatever it is. If you have more people kind of supporting those guys, so
2: yeah, I just it seems weird to me that. They. It seems like there's not a panic about, okay, we're behind. We're not an Alabama. We're not a Clemson. We're not a Georgia. You know, it doesn't seem weird that that's not – it doesn't seem, and from the outside, it doesn't seem like that's the real goal right now is to get back to that level.
0: Yeah. No, it doesn't seem like that. And you guys were talking about the strength coach. It's funny. I got a text from a former player who's asking, like, is he, Ivan, Ivan Lewis gone? And uh, he thinks he should be. Uh, he's saying – I love him, but our guys look like they play for a D- Division One AA team. Strength coach, no explosiveness, dominant players in years. So, at least one former prominent player is saying, uh, "Make a change."
2: So,
0: um, but I, like I said, I'm no expert on. I can't tell you he's good or bad. Not that I can tell you like if a running back coach is good or bad, but you can see the results easier on the field, you know.
2: Um. So more things are filtering in. Arash Markazi of ESPN, who happens to be friends with Cliff Kingsbury, I yeah. believe, he says uh, Cliff has not interviewed for the USC offensive coordinator job yet. That could change after today, but nothing has happened yet. And despite speculation on Twitter, he is not on campus.
0: Interesting. OK, Yeah. I, I texted with him a little bit yesterday. I'm like, hey, trying to get some uh, scoop from Arash, but I uh, didn't really get that. So OK, friend so of the that's, pod Arash. Yeah, uh, he's yeah, he's definitely a friend of the podcast, friend of us. Uh, let me see if I find Arash's, uh
2: So we have a question from Frank. If we want to get to that, okay. He says, um, "Do you think that Coach Helton staying for one more year with a new staff was because of how poorly uh, Lane Kiffin and Steve Sarkeesian panned out as hires?"
0: I mean, <laughs> I don't. I mean, it, it's really hard to say. They're, they're all were bad hires. Like none of them should have been hired, and. But that's the thing when Clay Helton comes in, he was an assistant for those two bad hires and he was never been in a, you know, a head coach before. If he was the offensive coordinator for uh, Ohio state when they won the national championship. Yeah. It's like Tom Herman. You give him a chance. He was the offensive coordinator and he was a quarterback coach for two failed regimes that were fired mid season. He had to be the interim coast coach twice because of it. So yeah, I mean, I think that's part of it. Maybe you don't want to do a midseason firing, but at some point you have to stop the cycle. You have to stop like yeah. stop hiring people just because they're familiar. And I really just feel like at USC, they they know it's not a well-run organization. And if you bring somebody in that's strong, they will come in and make changes. Um, and you need if you brought in a strong athletic director, uh, I, I I know a lot, bunch of people that work there, and I like a lot of them, and they'd probably be fine. But they need new leadership there. It's just not the whole, like, it's being run behind the scenes and you have a figurehead. That's just not working anymore. Get someone in that runs it. And they can still fundraise and all that stuff. But run it well. Have it be a well-run organization. You can't, under no metric, is this USC Athletic Department a well-run organization right now.
2: Uh, We have a question from Mark Ficini, I believe. He says, it seems to me all the staff changes are the easy part. How do you expect the powers that be, Helton or Swan, not sure who's in charge, uh, that will go about changing the soft culture. It doesn't seem in Clay's nature to get tough and make tough decisions and practices, et cetera. The players need to develop a bad attitude and that's not Clay.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's, I mean, when you talk about changing the culture and the other thing in that statement, USC came, went out and lost Saturday night to the Notre Dame and Lin Swan, the next morning is like Clay Helton has a plan in place. Like, did he come up with that plan overnight? Like when did the, when did you come up with the plan? Because if you had a plan, could you have implemented it earlier in the year or yeah. could you have not lost a Cal or UCLA or Notre Dame? So somehow between the end of game 12 and the next morning, they came up with some sort of plan that's going to change the culture and the discipline and the staff and all that stuff is like I don't I don't buy any of that. So but you need that's part of the assistant coaching hire thing. If you had an Ed Orgeron on, on the staff and I'm a Ed Orgeron's walking around yelling at everybody and I'm like a wide receiver and I know he's close by because they're doing a a drill close to mine I ain't loafing because you know maybe my coach isn't going to like yell at me but I know Orgeron if he looks over and sees me loafing he's going to yell so they don't have a coach really like that I think that would go a long way to improving the culture
2: do you think whoever comes in as a coordinator or assistant coach will have enough authority to tell clay hey we need to go full speed tackling at practice. Will Clay actually let that happen?
0: I think you need a voice like that. You need multiple voices like that, people that will push back. And I think even early in Pete Carroll's years, he had voices like that. And then later on, he didn't really. And as good of a coach as he is, I think you still need those voices a lot of times. And and we don't really have that. Clayton is a guy that was happy to be there. He didn't, like, he knew. I mean, this is an amazing opportunity if I just came off the street, USC would not have hired me to be their head coach, but I was there. It worked out. He had this great opportunity. And I think you have to, so he was some of this happy to pee there guy. And I think a lot of the staff was kind of like that. So were they really going to push back on clay? I think Clancy probably had more of a, he had more autonomy than, than a lot of the people he was doing his own thing over there, but that's, I mean, I don't see much else, um, you know, but like a Brian Ellis is, you know, his first time ever being a, a assistant coach and, uh, you know, oh, for know. quarterbacks. And, you know, Kenichu Daisy, that was his first time. Like, there was a lot of that stuff. Gary and,
2: Colbert. Yeah.
0: I mean, so these are the first time these guys are being full-time head coaches. That's not a voice that you're going to push back on. You get, like, a Cliff Kingsbury. I assume he's going to come in. Or if you had, like, Mike McIntyre, the, the, the fired Colorado coach, who used to be a defensive coordinator for years. Like, if he brought someone like that in, like, he's going to tell you his own deal. And I think he would push back. He'd been a head coach longer. Both those guys have been head coach longer than Clay Helton, so yeah, um, and that's why Justin Wilcox hires those kind of guys because you want that voice.
2: Yeah, um, as far as the timing goes, and how you said, well, when did this plan in place happen? <laughs> how much do you think? I mean, Clay Helton meets with Lynn Swan every Monday. How much do you think that it was already decided when Clay made those changes with Neil Calloway and T. Martin?
0: That. It- what was decided? What do you mean?
2: Uh, on that Monday after, I believe it was oh, the plan. Is, you mean, the plan in place? How much? Like I have this conspiracy theory that I just thought of that you know oh. he was like, if you make changes with Neil and T and during the season and show me that you're trying to make it better, we'll bring you back for another year. Because it didn't seem the turn the turn of events between losing to Notre Dame and then making an announcement Sunday morning and. Clay sounding at least confident in the last four weeks. It sounds like something he they had to have an idea earlier than than Saturday or Sunday.
0: I think they kind of hoped that that would get them back on track a little bit, but it just it didn't fix anything. Obviously, I mean they they lost three of their last four games. They only beat Oregon State, who's awful. Um, I don't I don't know if if they had a plan to change the culture and they couldn't do anything during the season. And ma- yeah, maybe it's going to be <clears throat> excuse me something afterwards. But man. That's tough. Sorry. Go ahead.
2: (laughs) Um, let's go to another question. Uh, this is at least more, uh, niche. Marcel says, I noticed under this coaching regime, the quarterback does not throw to the running backs who are usually open on swing routes. Is that by, by design or preference? Well, at Notre while at the Notre Dame game, I observed Marquis step open numerous times, yet he was never targeted.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. If that's a JT Daniels thing, he's not a guy that loves to check it down. Um, He does like throwing it downfield. We don't know how much is uh, dictated by him. Like if he gets to do that, if that's the primary play call, they did a little bit of that. I think early against Notre Dame, then they dropped more guys in the coverage and it was a little harder to do, but that's a good question. Um, I think it's probably a little mix of both, but it's, I don't think this is well-designed offense. Look at UCLA when they're, even though they're losing games, guys are wide open. Like USC, when they're completing passes, it's, because guys aren't wide open, but they make a really good play. They're not being schemed all that well. So I wouldn't put a lot of stock into that. Just they need a new offensive. They need a a different scheme because you can make guys wide open in college if you got a good scheme. And I don't think USC has that. We got one more voicemail. Yeah.
2: One more voicemail.
0: Hi
3: guys. This question is for Dan. As a note, I'm calling in on Sunday morning before any announcements have been made. However, all indicators point to the fact that Helton will be retained. So here we go. Helton keeps on making comparisons between this season and Brian Kelly's 4 and 8 Notre Dame season. Well, Brian Kelly clean house after that season. So at a minimum, Helton will need to hire new coordinators to justify that comparison. So, what coordinators do you think that he should go out and get? And if all of the boosters are extremely dissatisfied with Helton, what is the likelihood that they will put up the money for SC to go out and hire top-notch coordinators? Finally, even if we do get top notch coordinators, do you think that a guy like Helton would actually listen to them and change his approach for the better? Fight on Jason and Longhorn Country.
0: Yeah, Jason, the kind of stuff we, we talked about, um, that's the big question for me is who he goes out and gets. Who is he gonna hire? Um and, and will they have a voice? If it if you hire someone like Cliff Kingsbury, there's no point in hiring him, hiring him unless you have a voice. Um, you know, Arash Markazi said that he hadn't been interviewed yet. There were some you know, rumors that he was on campus and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's that's a problem for the administration, too, because I didn't even think his name would get brought up. Like, I didn't think they were going to go that big. Yeah. But now fans are like, oh, they're they're interviewing him. And if they're not, and then you you do something that's much, much less fanfare, then it's just like, okay, then you're not really doing anything different. Um, but it's, I mean, it's good points, Jason. I think, I think that's what USC needs to do. They have to have the financial backing, not just to hire the people, but the support staff do all that stuff. They were doing a lot of stuff that was just kind of half-assed and it, you're, you're not going to win that way. If you are all in on Clay Helton, um, you're not trying to sabotage him at this point. You're trying to make him succeed, make your decision to keep him look good. So I think because that's, that'll be part of Lin Swan's motivation that his, his butt's on the line now too, because I backed him when everyone said, no, he probably wants to do everything he can to come out and make Clay very success very successful because it's not worked out to now and he wants to prove all those fans wrong. So I, I feel like they're going to have some backing there. I don't think they're going to shortchange him.
2: As far as when Lin Swan came out and made that announcement, there was a huge pushback and a lot of upset yeah. fans. If USC comes out and turns around and has great coordinators or Clancy's still there, but comes out with great offensive coordinator, great assistant coaches. Everyone feels good about this. Do you think that will last the people feeling better? Will that even happen? Are people stuck in their ways of I'm over this team?
0: I think it'll help for sure because that at least shows, because people feel like they're not even trying, you know, and this would show you're trying at least. Um, It's still not going to, there's going to be a lot of people are like, I don't care who you get. You can bring in Bill Belichick as your defensive coordinator. I don't care. I don't want Clay as the quarter. That's the coach, and that's fine. That that's their opinion, uh, but I do feel it would be a step in the right direction. And I feel like if they did that with all the talent USC has, they're not going to be bad next year. They're going to be a lot better than you think. Yeah. Um, now, if they're not, whatever they do, if they start losing again early, people are just not going to care. But they he will win some of the people back by making a big hire or two.
2: Yeah. Uh, our friend Saman says, hey, if, Simon. "If USC, oh, if Cliff cannot, if if Cliff is not an option, who are some other viable OC candidates in your opinion?"
0: I mean, I haven't really dug into this a lot, so it's really hard for me to say. You spent
2: all that time on your coaching, head coaching, hot board. Uh,
0: I did so much on the head coaching side, and that didn't come to be. So, um, but you know, I think you look at people that are fired head coaches that were. Um, I think like Jim McElwain's name came up. Uh, I don't know if he would be a good guy, but go, I mean, I, I haven't dug in enough for this and this obviously just happened this morning, uh, but there's going to be some obvious ones. And the the least USA has to do is be involved in the obvious ones. Like make a run at Kingsbury, you know, make a run at guys like that. Uh, and if not, then it's just like, you're, you're I don't, then it's not going to matter as much. You got to get someone who has his own system. That's super successful. Like that's, you got to do that. Not I'm going to bring in someone to run what we do. That's not enough.
2: Yeah. So for some reason, we have just resurrected on YouTube. Don't know why. Oh, really? Hello, YouTube. Uh, we have a text from Crystal from Marina Del Rey, who says, I'm very saddened to hear that the administration is seemingly sticking by Helton and making such a big show of it, including releasing a statement on social media. I'm a lonely, a lowly season ticket holder that's not an athletic fund donor, so I'm guessing the university won't really care if I renew my tickets next year. But do any of you have any idea what the big ticket donors donors are saying about this. Also, is there anyone above Lin Swan that can overrule him?
0: So the president's above Lin Swan, but it's an interim president and the board of trustees, you have to, you know, but he's got the final call. As far as this goes, he would get need to get approval from the interim president, but I don't think Dr. Wanda Austin, everything we heard, she wasn't going to try to do anything crazy that the next president, she wouldn't want to saddle the next president with something that would last for a long time. And if you fire, if you said, no, you have to fire him. You're basically saddling the next president with a new head coach and all that kind of stuff. So I think they were just going to let Lin Swan do what he wanted to do. I do feel like there's boosters like yourself or, you know, smaller boosters or just season ticket holders, whatever. I don't, am sorry. I don't want to say just season ticket holders, but season ticket holders and big money boosters. I mean, I got messages from people that were buying um, boxes in the new towers that are saying, I'm done. I'm not doing it. And I have friends that are getting bigger suites and they're done. Um, you know, USC has to handle all that stuff. And everyone we talked to, you know, with knowledge inside the athletic department, they they're dealing with it now. And some of it's emotions of it. They feel like it might pass. Um, but it's, it's definitely real. And you bring in a guy like Lynn Swan, who doesn't have any experience. Why did you bring him in? I mean, cause he played football at USC, but he could be, he could rally money. He could be a huge fundraiser for USC. Well, is he going to be a big fundraiser now that he makes this decision that makes everyone mad? And he, if he calls a big donor, he's like, Lynn, that was a terrible decision. I ain't giving you guys money. Um, so I think it, it handcuffs him as far as being a big fundraiser now. And that's the whole reason he was brought in. I think he's not going to be able to do that. Um, I, I feel like attendance is going to be down next year no matter what. And I feel like the, the donations and stuff are going to be down. So that's the, the bed that USC made, and they're going to have to line it right now. Uh, but you you're not alone. There's there's big ticket boosters and stuff too that feel exactly the way you do and and they're withholding some of their money.
2: Here's an interesting thought experiment. Um Jordan Palmer for quarterback's coach.
0: Interesting. Um, how do you feel about that? No, I want to get <laughs> No.
2: no. You shot me down. Well, okay. Okay,
0: here's the thing. Um people are like, "Oh, well, how about Willie McGinnis for defensive coordinator?" like
2: Okay. But Jordan Palmer coached Sam Darnold in between his in between yeah. declaring and going to pro day, Sam looked better. I ish. Okay. Just the
0: name. It's just because he's Carson Palmer's brother and stuff. And it's like, would you look at him otherwise? Like, maybe. But those guys are doing. They're like the quarterback gurus. They they do their own private stuff. I don't think that would happen. That's okay. But if you're just talking about former players, because oh, they were a great linebacker. He'd be an awesome coach at USC. I was not- I don't know all right but just just it's it's getting into that you're you're kind of defensive about like eh, why don't you just go get someone that's been a quarterback coach somewhere i'd sure. rather see you get a college quarterback coach than a quarterback guru that's in the the news and stuff
2: I think experience should be the key yes resume experience resume resume is the, the buzzword. look
0: at your resume if you're like hiring for the athletic director look at the resume does it say athletic director and then the guy's resume nope Gone. I'm. T- po- oh, head coach. Has he been a head coach before? No, gone. Oh, you want to be a quarterback coach? He hasn't been a quarterback coach? Gone. USC hired all those people that didn't have those jobs on their resume. Defensive line coach, you didn't hire someone that had that experience. Um, stop doing that. Don't hire people who don't have the job you want them to do on their current resume. Don't be the first entry on their next resume that, oh, I became a head coach at USC or I became an athletic director at USC. Stop that! Stop it, USC. Uh,
2: mini rant from Ryan. Mini rant. Okay, boom,
0: boom. we're gonna have to wrap it up soon. Soon, we got a little time. That's a fine. Um, I gotta do. I'm doing like Petro's and Money Show in like 15 minutes, and my voice is already yeah, going. I'm
2: about to say your voice is giving out right now. So. I know,
0: so I gotta give myself a few minutes. But we want to, we want to get. Yeah, we're. This is the first time we're doing this, so hopefully people are enjoying it.
2: Yeah, Facebook or YouTube. If you guys have questions that you want us to address, get those in. because we're running low on email questions. Um, I wonder
0: wonder about YouTube, like if it just started an hour late or something. Maybe that was a thing. Maybe. Sorry about that. Hey, YouTube, YouTube,
2: can you comment what time this actually popped up? There were people still in the chat, even though we weren't on. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, James and Claremont wants to know more about Marvel Tell and some of the injuries on the secondary. He said during the pregame show with Pete and JJ, they were discussing that Marvel Tell was not playing. And JJ made a little snicker and a comment that went to say that he wasn't going to get into it but it sounded like he knew something and didn't want to elaborate so much that Pete questioned him, but couldn't get it. Couldn't get anything more out of him.
0: No, that's interesting. Um, Him, CJ Pollard also didn't uh, dress for that game. And you thought that would be a chance for him to start and everything. Um, There was rumors that CJ Pollard was going to transfer out and Gerard uh, squashed those uh, talking to members of his family and stuff. So um, I don't know exactly why he wasn't out there for a guy like, Marvell Tell, if you're 50-50 and this is your last game and it's not really that meaningful, I, I don't have any issue if he wants to sit that one out and, and get ready for the draft. A guy like Cameron Smith, people ask me, like, do you think he would? I'm like, no, he never would. He wouldn't want to play. No, without, no. Yeah, he talks for 12 minutes to you guys after the game, yeah. after already being in, a, in another. Yeah, and he's like, cover. if you haven't
2: looked at uh, watched that yet, go to uscfootball.com. It's up there. Cam Smith talks for at least 11, he talked for like 11 minutes about the commitment on the team and the issues that plagued USC this season. Um, it was really interesting. He was pretty candid and uh, it's a good watch. It'll make you concerned. Yeah. Check it out. <laughs> um, Ryan, any, any, oh, you're not doing Periscope. Any no, questions? I'm not,
0: no, no, no. Are, are, are we out of emails and stuff? Or? Pretty much. Cool. It's okay. a lot of the same. Yeah, that's fine. We don't want to, you know, there was a lot of, so I apologize that Dan's not answering the, uh, Emails to Dan this week. Um, It just we tried to do this, and uh, he wasn't going to be here on time, so we couldn't uh, do it. But the show had to go on. So Mm -hmm. we're. Shotgun
2: just texted me that C.J. Pollard uh, told him that he had a stomach bug and was out. Okay. And Shotgun wasn't supposed to be here. Someone said, "Did Shotgun not survive the purge? Shotgun is still (laughs) around."
0: I'm thinking about no. I'm just kidding, of course. (laughs) No, Shotgun's awesome. Uh, No, this was this was supposed to be our our normal we at 1:30 we tape Parastyle podcast with Keely, Dan Weber and myself. All the news was breaking like right before that and Dan was going to be late getting here and this is not like late to a podcast. This is we've already scheduled the show so Keely and I just said, "Well, we'll just do it ourselves." Uh, and like I said, I got to do Petros and Money afterwards and I haven't really been on that show very much, so I wanted to make sure I got on that one cuz it's local. It's hard to get on local LA radio, like through Mason and Ireland or um, some of those guys, you know, uh, uh, Ron, you know, Roger Lodge and stuff. They're great. Like, they'll have me on. But they don't talk USA football all year round. So it's kind of hot right now and you got to talk about
2: it. the a hot topic. Yeah. Um, Michael says, how many wins do you think USC uh, Clay Helton needs for next season?
0: Yeah, that's... I did a, some radio in San Diego this morning they were asking about that. Like, if he finishes like nine and three, they're like, like, is that going to be like grounds for dismissal? Like, if you don't win the Pac-12 or something? And uh, it's interesting. And I think it might depend on what the staff looks like. Because if it's like uh, mediocre staff and you know maybe that's not enough you know but if, i don't know it's uh it, it's would you have said 5 and 7 was he was going to be retained like no so it's really hard to say uh what you would think cuz i would have if you would ask me like if they finished 6 and 6 this year i would have said no he'll be fired and he wasn't he finished 5 and 7 didn't make a bowl game and he wasn't fired so that, i think that's really hard to say
2: yeah i'd agree i'm just really curious swans thinking in all this yeah how much leeway do you give him
0: did he want to buy one year my gut is he at least wanted to buy one year he just didn't want to do it right now he didn't want to be forced to fire him now i think he's going to be more open to it later but he made his mind up we're not doing it now and then every reason possible came up that said do it now and he's like nope we're not doing it now that that's my gut feeling on it that he didn't want to do it now he'll be the the wheels are greased it'll be easier to do it next year so even going like nine and three, maybe he gets fired. I don't know. But like, I I feel it'll be a lot easier next year. It's just the, the main thing was I'm not doing it now, even though everything told him he should have done it now. And everyone told him he should do it now.
2: Yeah. So I guess so. It's, it's always, always crazy at USC. Always crazy. There's
0: never, yeah. There's no off season. There's no, it's always something going on. I really did feel like, Oh, it'll be kind of quiet today. And, yeah. It's like super purge. Super purge. I was going mean, to tweet out something purge. too. Like there's good gifts you can tweet out like purge, but then it's like, I don't want to be, I mean, people are losing their jobs, so you don't want to yeah, be like,
2: it's hard mean because mean
0: about it, but it's like, you have to talk about it. It's news, you know?
2: Yeah. It's hard because it's a, ultimately football is a game, but it's hard to remember that these are kids and these are, guys with families right. and these are their jobs you know and so that's when the line you got to make sure you don't cross there's that recruiting
0: way. impact we saw yeah. jordan wilmore who you saw like this past weekend i did he tweeted out like oh man like i mean there's shocking news for a lot of these guys especially when visits were being made obviously all the coaches they have their families and everything now guys are well compensated. They make way, 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 way more than the money we make, but you know, it's still not easy to, to go through something like that. You know, but a guy like T Martin, who's making over a million a year or whatever, it's like, he'll be all right. You know, (laughs) and he's good. You know, he's like, he's, he's, he's he's got a lot of qualities that will be, he'll be okay. But still, so we, we have to talk about it, but you know, you always got to remember like, these are people. And I feel bad when Fans will just get on Twitter and just be like, "He's freaking terrible!" blah blah. And It's like you know, sometimes they might be, sometimes they might not, but it's still like they're people and. uh
2: Yeah, I mean, nice. we get that for our own selves too. It's you know, it's there's always more than it seems. You know, yeah. that's something as I've grown as a reporter and you make statements. There's always more to it. You yeah. know, so people who come out on their their keyboard warriors and are like blah blah blah. There's always there's layers to it.
0: Lots of layers, Layers. but it's tough because it's not all their faults that there's been so many horrible decisions made from higher levels, you know, Mm -hmm. and there is, and and people underneath them are trying to make the best of it, and you don't know was, you know, how much of the offense was, you know, scoring three points against Stanford, how much of it was T. Martin's fault, how much was the offense's fault, player's fault, whatever you want to say, but T. Martin's going to get a lot of the blame, And, and so um it there's a lot of that kind of going on and, and it's stuff. you don't really know exactly but there there'll be people that are getting blamed and it could have been horrible decisions that were made a year or two ago above their heads above their pay grades and you're you're paying the price for it it's not it's yeah. not necessarily on you
2: yeah which is crazy it's complex very complex any final thoughts before we wrap it up ryan
0: well i think this has been cool i wish yes. dan could be here uh, but thank you guys everyone that jumped in on facebook i'm sorry that the the youtube one didn't uh
2: it wasn't fully there, but it's there now.
0: Yeah. Well, I think we'll just download the full video from Facebook and upload it to uh, YouTube. And if you're listening on the podcast and you want to see us doing this, like what there's not really a whole lot like. of like crazy stuff, but you can, we'll put that up on uh, Facebook and YouTube on our uscfootball.com pages. Uh, but people always ask, you're going to do the podcast too? Cause people love just like listening. Uh, we, but we thought about doing this where we'll, we'll simulcast basically us just doing a podcast. So we got the headphones on. It's a little bit different than our, our regular uh, tunnel vision. So hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed it. And again, apologize that Dan uh, couldn't be here. But nice, nice job running everything, Keila. You got she got like five I've keyboards tried. in front of her.
2: I, yeah, there. I have like four different screens in front of me right now.
0: Yeah. So but it's but it worked. I think it worked. We got it. Yeah,
2: we, um, we
0: did it. The Facebook people seem to like it. Like, yeah.
2: yeah, I think Facebook's hanging in there. Everyone, everyone stuck together. Nice. So we survived. That's all that matters.
0: Sweet. All right. Yeah. Well, that's Keeley your. I'm Ryan Abraham. Thank you so much for tuning into the Peristyle Podcast and Tunnel Vision. And we will talk to you next
3: time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible.